da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Hey, Stranger Things fans and man fam, and welcome into a special bonus edition of the show. Uh, this has become a tradition somewhat now for Brian and I, Kent. Uh, every year, it seems like, every other year, <laughs> we get together and talk about one of our favorite properties, trilogies. That's um, not a movie and not really even a TV show at this point. It's, uh, it's kind of taken on a life of its, it's own. A lifestyle. And, yeah, in more ways than one. And really excited uh, for, the, for, I guess, the third time here to talk about Stranger Things. And so uh, joining me, Kent, on this journey, as always, is Brian Gill. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? I'm pumped. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped to talk this out with you. Always am. This has is, this is turned into a, a fun tradition. It looks like we're going to get to do it at least one or two more times over the next few years. <laughs> we'll, so we'll, certain, we'll certainly have our fair share of speculation about that. And <laughs> I really hope the MAMFAM listening tonight, today, wherever you are in the world, has caught in, uh, gotten caught up on the full, um, I guess it's eight episodes of uh, season three, because we will be heading a lot of spoiler talk, a lot of... Uh, retroactive talk, past seasons, uh, future seasons, things like that. So we suggest anyone listening to have been caught up on Stranger Things, seasons one through three, because we would hate to spoil this goodness for anybody who has not seen them. <laughs> but hey, if you'd rather Kent and Brian spoil it for you than actually watch the show, that's your own problem. But uh, just mm-hmm. be forewarned from here on out, uh, there will probably be spoilers flying at your head faster than you can uh, say uh, Demogorgon. So That's right. Here we uh here we go. Um I think it's been well established on the show if if you've listened for any length of time. Um our love for this property, for this aesthetic, for these kinds of uh movies, these kinds of TV shows. Uh there's so much to love about Stranger Things and there's so much to talk about about Stranger Things and kind of the interesting thing to me is how they've been able to evolve the show over the past 3 seasons. From being a show that's, I mean, I'm sure in pitch form was about sub 10 year old kids, right? Um, mm-hmm. And now you've got a lot more at stake. Uh, the kids are older, they're maturing. And so it's, I would assume from a writing perspective, a uh, big challenge to uh, meet that uh, with uh, the uh, gravitas that they have been able to do. It's been, it's been pretty impressive. Uh, so having said that, um, Brian... Got to catch us up on Stranger Things uh, and your love for it or hate for it uh, before we get started here with our general thoughts on Stranger Things 3, I guess uh, they're officially calling it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I should have gone back and listened to our first episode when you and I talked Stranger Things 1 and whatever year that was. I don't even know. 2014, I think, maybe. 2014, 2015, okay, something like that. Something. Um, Whatever it was. Uh, I don't. I don't 16. totally okay. All right, that's what I was thinking. All right, so I don't totally remember when we became aware of this. Or like I, I kind of, I vaguely remember the first trailer and just being like, "Whoa, what is that? That sounds awesome." Uh, I love. I mean, I don't like horror at all, as has been well established on this show over the years. That's not not my uh, not my genre of preference. But I love sci-fi and I love Spielbergian kid stuff which is what 
um, this I think at, at its best is is going forward with, with the uh, the kid side of things. It's and this this whole show is just it's so tightly written and they have very interesting ideas and concepts. I don't think it's it's typically not overly complicated. That was something that I loved about the first season is even having the the science teacher just explain how the kind of parallel universe thing works and the the rip in the paper and all that. And that was a that's that's effective and useful and you're just like yeah okay cool I'm in and uh, they the, the Duffer brothers and and Sean Levy and everybody who's been a part of of directing and writing this this series up to season three I think has always done a really good job of using scares effectively and and uh, not not hitting it too hard and not getting it to a place where it becomes too uh, gore gory or horror centric you know but just using that sort of as a light touch. Uh, in the in the background almost to all the the fun story stuff that's happening in the interesting sci-fi elements and all that so i loved season one um i really i don't remember your take on season two kent i i know we both loved season one season two i really dug it and i thought it did have a, a dip the 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 stuff with 11 and What's the? Is it, was it eight? Was that the character? That right, where they're like sister the, or like the runaways or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I thought that stuff was okay, but if I think at best was just kind of a distraction from what was happening back at Hawkins and and with the rest of the crew that we'd kind of come to love and stuff. So, but I didn't. I was never. I, I don't know. I feel like I've heard over the last uh, week or so several people who's been like, ugh, I hated season one. I really didn't like it. Or season two, excuse me. And I, I don't get that at all. I think it was, it was still really good in spite of maybe being a lesser, a lesser season compared to season one. If season two was a dip from season one, uh, I think season three was right back on, on top, right, right back on, on the trend and, and, uh, on par with, with season one. I loved it. I, my wife and I watched, we watched the first episode one night and then, uh, the next day, you know, we have a, a six-year-old. I took him to my parents' house and at uh, after his little uh, day camp thing, and left him there. And we started watching at we started watching the second episode at like five or six o'clock, and watched all of them, the rest of it, in, mm. in one sitting because it just was. It's so it's so engaging and fun, and the story I thought this year was excellent. And uh, yeah, dude, I had a blast with it, and I, I'm I'm pumped to hear your thoughts on season three. But I don't. I remember where were you at on season two when we when we uh, when we last talked about this a couple of years ago? Yeah, um, I honestly have have loved every season of this show, um, certainly to varying uh, extents. I would say probably first impression, first watch um, that season three has been my least favorite of the three um, mm. the first time through, and again that might change. I might watch them all again and say, wow, three really, really did some stuff I wasn't expecting. Um, but I really think that season two, the stuff they did with the Ghostbusters, um, I really enjoyed Eleven being in isolation and Hopper kind of keeping her. There's some really great personal moments with them two in their relationship. Yeah. Um, the way season two ends with the school dance thing and this, you know, take my breath away or, uh, every breath you take playing, uh, mm -hmm. there's so much good eighties nostalgia there, um, in that season for me. And I just remembered it kind of really hitting that note, um, perfectly. And, and, uh, you know, I would say if we're grading these out, 
uh, and again, we'll get into in depth on season three here. We'll go through the episodes and all that. But, um, you know, if, if I'm just kind of putting a scale on the first three, they're all A's, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say sure. season one's an A plus season two is an A. I mean, season two is an A plus season one's an A and season three is an A minus, you know? So it's like, um, I think they're all extremely solid. Um, it's just, it just, um, for me, what I was probably most scared about when I first heard about this show, first saw it, you know, eighties nostalgia is back. You know, these Spielberg references are a plenty, all mm-hmm. this stuff. I'm like, okay, this could go one of two ways. Either they do this and they know the right amount, to, you know, how far to go with it to where it's charming and it really adds to the setting or is it just, are they just trying to throw the, the eighties at us? Right. To a certain point. Sure. Um, and I got way more of that in season three than I did Interesting. in any of the seasons so far. Not necessarily say it's a bad thing because 1985 is a great year to do it. And I think the addition mm-hmm. of the Starcourt Mall allowed them to really just be in the 80s as much as they wanted, you know, to just walk around in the 80s. And it was that's a really awesome thing they did. They were able to achieve from a production standpoint you know, from just logistics and all that, getting the rights to all those old stores. And I'm sure they found the original signage for a lot of the, you know, all of that. I think it was fantastic. And I really, really enjoyed it. But one too many times in the, in the, in the uh, series, I think, you know, around the penultimate episode or something like that. I mean, they were like in the mall and there's this big scene with this creature happening in the mall. And they, they just like pan down from like, uh, uh, Sam Goody sign straight to them. And they're like, Oh, we're going to show the, you know, like it was so yeah. obvious how they were trying to like shoehorn in, shoehorn in like this is an eighties place and all that, you know, it, I just felt way more of the forced um, remember the eighties than I did in any of the other seasons. Um, so that probably was the main factor. Um, I don't, I don't like what they did with Hopper in this season. Um, again, we'll see where they go with it, but Let's just say if this is the way it ended, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, actually, it all might only make sense if this is the way it ends, you know, <laughs> um, because I don't, I don't see where they're going with that. Um, actually, I see where they're going, but and it's going to make for a really interesting season four, I think. But um, I thought that seemed a little bit sloppy. Um, some of the kids are great, in my yeah. opinion, at at yeah. being young and being a kid. Some of them, mainly uh, Will, yeah, uh, Byers, this kid, Oof, it's, it's tough, like man. literally looks like you're looking at a, a 19 year old in like <laughs> kid shorts, you know, and his voice is deep and like know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not buying yeah. him at all as as a youth anymore. Like it's tough, yeah, it's hard. It's that tough. one's he's rough. Um, Finn Wolfhard is is very talented. Um, I think Millie Bobby Brown is an over actor. I've always said that. Um, I think she is talented for her age, but you know, we'll see how that develops over time. Um, she certainly has, um, knows how to work the camera, if that makes sense. She's a very astute of how her actions are perceived on camera. And I think for being sure. that young, that's a really, really great skill to have. And I think Gatton Matazaro as Dustin is the same way. He's very, knows how to use his expressions, um, in almost a Michael J. Fox, uh, 1980s type of way. And I love, I love those those characters, but they're you know some of the ancillary characters feel a bit shoehorned in, and you know we had parents kind of involved in the last seasons that 
aren't present at all this time around. And mm-hmm. yeah. Joyce is, a, I don't know what's happening there with this, you know, um, or where they're going with that. Cause they felt like they were planting a seed that never went anywhere. But, um, but yeah, let's say, man, I want to get your general thoughts on season three. Um, and yeah, just first, first go around, I was a little, little less taken by the magic of it all. You know, I still let me don't, I don't want this to be skewed. I loved this show. This mm. is a, it probably my top three shows right now that's still on TV is Stranger mm. Things. I loved it, but it was just a little more of, um, I don't know. Sometimes when you over sequelize movies, it makes the first one less special. And I'm kind of getting a little bit of that with this. So what about you, man? No, I, I, uh, I, I see where you're coming from and all this stuff. Um, I think you had some, I think there's some stuff that I agree with in there. And then some that I would say you're right. Like there is a little bit, it's a little heavy on the eighties nostalgia at times, but I, I don't guess I ever got to a place where I was done with it. So, um, but th- that's, you know, that's, that's just personal preference. That's shades of preference and stuff. I thought the Starcourt mall mall was so cool and was so well done and is such an interesting and relevant place to uh to involve a story like this and set in 1985 and it looked so awesome um so i i I quite enjoyed that and i I thought they used it incredibly effectively as a setting for all of this stuff um you know i hopper let's let's save the hopper talk i think for a little bit later the kids are you're you're spot on um i feel bad for i i feel bad for uh noah schnapp who schnapp who plays will byers because um <laughs> it's look i mean adolescence is just he got really, screwed on all fronts yes, on this show man dude, it's like it's, okay it's you're rough. gonna be the kid that goes in the upside it's down rough. for the entire yeah. season yeah. and never really feels a part of the group and then you're gonna awkwardly <laughs> age in front of right millions <laughs> of people yeah. i mean there's nothing worse there's nothing worse than being 13 or 14 years old or what i don't know how old he is it doesn't really matter like that age is so awkward and uncomfortable and so few people age gracefully during that. Like almost everybody has at least like a six to 12 month span where you're just like, please God, don't let anyone ever find a picture of me from that time. And he's just firmly in that, that poor period at this point. And you're right. Like he does. He, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, he, he looks like a 27 year old man who they have dressed up as a child. And he's like, you know, he's just hunching his shoulders and just like, gosh, poor kid. And then they don't give him anything to do of all the kids in the show. He and Lucas have the least to do, but Lucas is naturally funny and his, his character, his character, that character is a little more, a little more, uh, a little more humorous. And so, it doesn't quite get the attention. Will Will's character, the character of Will is just kind of a bit of a beating right now, and that's okay. That's part of having uh, kid characters in your movies is letting them grow and develop and stuff. And I think we'll get to a place in season four and beyond where Will is a little more uh, utilized <laughs> through the show, but I just feel bad for him every time he was on screen in this, this season. It was just like, Oh, this poor kid is going to have to look at this for the rest of his life. Um, and he just looks, he looks super uncomfortable. I, they, I think they, they made a calculated risk in breaking up the group into whatever, three or or four different mini groups with, um, with Steve and Dustin and mm-hmm. with the uh, the kids in 11 and then Hopper and uh, 
uh what's goodness what's what's the character's name um uh, joyce sorry uh putting joyce and hopper together and uh, and i think all those parties worked really well i thought robin was a great new character to add to the mix she had great chemistry with everybody she was on screen with and giving erica more screen time was really fun as well um i thought all those individual parts worked really really great but there is a little bit of something that you're missing when you separate all these characters that we've really enjoyed seeing together and, uh, and, and having them kind of play off each other. It kind of, not to this degree, but it reminded me a little bit of arrest development season four, where you, where you're, uh, you very rarely had more than three or four characters in the room at the same time. And it, and it always just kind of felt disjointed. I don't think stranger things three feels like that, but it, you are missing a little bit of the magic on that front. Um, so that was, that's a slight criticism, but, Overall, look, I love I love Steve Harrington. I think he's the greatest character on the show. He's just he yes. is so much fun Steve and having and, him. Steve, Dustin, and and oh Scoops Ahoy. Scoops Ahoy yeah. needs their own show. Oh. I, yeah. I don't honestly oh, stopped caring yeah. about <laughs> everything they were yeah. doing and only yeah. wanted that. And then when <laughs> Lucas's sister came into the picture, I was like, This is this is yeah. the best ensemble. Took it to a whole nother yeah, level. Yeah. 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 So I, I enjoyed that and I liked Hopper and Joyce. I thought Joyce had a great season. And is I mean, has, I think this season showed Winona Ryder's strength as an actress because they they really have changed her character significantly over the three seasons. Everybody else has kind of stayed. I don't want to say stagnant, but they've they're similar to who they were in the the outset of the show. The, the you know the younger characters are growing and developing, but they're similar personalities. Um, Joyce feels like a almost a completely different character in each of these three seasons. And she's been given something totally different to do. Um, and I, I always think that she comes through and does a really good job with it, but those two together with, uh, with Mary Ballman or what was, were, I love that dynamic as well. And it almost felt like the, um, and then Nancy and, um, uh, the, the other, gosh, I'm Jonathan. I enjoy, I thought they had some interesting things as too. So it's like really the main characters of this show, 11 and Finn and, and uh Mike and they took a backseat uh, Lucas big time. they they were they mm-hmm. were they were kind of the third or fourth on my Sto- uh mini group yeah. favorite like my power rankings of, mm-hmm. of mini groups and stuff and that's okay again I don't I don't even feel like that's wrong by any means cuz I and I'm with you I loved this season so any criticism I have of it is is I think even less so than you, I would say, just judging from your, you know, your early grades or whatever, is very small criticisms. But I was much more interested in those other mini groups within the group than I was in with what was happening with Eleven and Mike and and Max and and their whole thing. And you have you have gotten to a place now too where, uh, and you you touched on this a little bit, and I'll turn it back over. We can do episodes or whatever. Um, you, you, they've introduced so many characters at this point that. Uh, that base group that we started this whole thing off with is is so segmented now and getting less and less screen time and all this stuff. This does this is one of the rare shows to me at least that at this season especially that you could do a longer see like if this was thirteen episodes I think it has thirteen episodes worth of material because you have so many characters that you're trying to to uh, delve into and get into their stories and and then bringing them together and stuff like that so it's you do run the risk of when we get into season four and and five or whatever comes beyond this that um you're going to have so much happening that it's going to start to feel like 
the mid seasons of Game of Thrones where you're just like, I don't even know, man. I don't know where who this character is anymore because we haven't seen him in six episodes and and blah 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 blah. So I don't think it's by any means to that point yet, but this this season was did feel at times I was like, Oh right, we haven't seen whoever in in a while and now we're gonna get back into this story. Okay, I gotta I gotta reset where uh Nancy was last time we saw her and try to keep all these storylines together um and it's not overly complex in their stories but it is a lot to keep in keep in your brain and and delve through as you you know you go through each of these various mini groups through the course of of each episode and through the season and stuff yeah man i i I totally feel you and um there was a lot to like about the season for sure um certainly had its highs i think the creature design on the i don't know what they called it but the final kind of boss creature was yeah. awesome. I thought it, uh-huh. it really felt like they took their time in making that something menacing and felt nostalgic in a way. And I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, you're dead on with, with 11 and Mike taking a back seat, even though they're, they're in love or, or, <laughs> you know, starting to think they love each other. They break up, I don't know, with two, second episode or something, first episode. And, they're really kind of apart the whole time. And it really is, uh, this is a movie w- where they split everybody up, you know? Um, it's kind of, I don't know which star Wars movie I'm thinking of where probably, um, uh, return of the Jedi, you know, everybody yeah. kind of gets split up. Lando's driving the Falcon. Everybody's doing their own thing. Luke's off, uh, uh trying to get with, uh, deal with Vader. Han's on indoor, you know, it's all this, everybody's mm-hmm. on their own mm-hmm. kind of thing. And this is what that this feels like. Um, everybody's way less connected and way less concerned with what each other are doing until, you know, I mean, I think the walkie talkies are a, are a, a smart, um, plot device for that because like, what's Dustin doing? Oh, can't get him on the talkie. Oh, I guess 1985. And there's no way for me to get a hold of him outside of him being at home, you know, other than the right. walkie talkie. Right. So there's no, it's not like it's today where it's like, why aren't they, communicating better if they you know <laughs> it, they do have that loophole of the 80s to work around and making characters not have to interact and that's that's uh nice but uh yeah i really um want to kind of go down the episode list here and get your sure. your thoughts on on all of it so the first one is uh chapter one Susie do you copy written and directed by the duffers and um this one sets up the Starcourt Mall. It's it sets up Mike and Eleven being um, in a relationship. I uh, love the keep the door open three inches thing. That was a great <laughs> sequence. Um, yeah. Our scene. Um, Dustin comes back from summer camp, um, and then he meets up with his friend Steve Harrington, which is awesome. And I'm glad they kept that going. Gosh, uh, this, so great yeah. this time. And then the power goes out. Will's like, what's going on? I don't know. Um, there's some weird stuff going on at the uh, steel mill. Also, Nancy starts her job um, at a newspaper. And this is a very satirical um, take, I'm assuming, <laughs> on right. uh, current journal- <laughs> journalism. Yeah, journalism, yeah. Uh-huh. what it, what it uh, being oppressed and all that. Uh, I think it's... Uh, I love this. I love this. Actually, this was to me. This is like the most serious of all this stuff. Um, it, like the most realistic, I guess, storyline in here. Um, sure. And I 
have a huge crush on Nancy Wheeler. I, mm. I think she's fantastic. And, um, I, they, my only disappointment is that they didn't use her more in this, uh, in this season, but uh, that's a small complaint. Um, so yeah, they set everything up. They intercept a Russian, uh, transmission on the walkie talkie and they, um, kind of, I guess, discover what they're, um, that there's a mysterious signal. Um, what'd you think of, uh, episode one? Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, there was a, it was just a great, it was a great setup episode. Uh, not, you know, they just kind of, it's so hard. It's so hard to do this thing where you, you have to kind of reset where your characters are. And, and, you know, this last episode, the last season of this came out in October of 2017. So it's been nearly two years since we've seen this show and uh you need a you, you kind of need a refresher you need a, a reminder of who these characters are and um where they are and what their relationships are like and all that stuff and so boy i thought yeah i thought this episode did a great job of of establishing the characters and then uh giving you the very obviously the very very uh tip of what is to come on some of these uh these storylines the power outage and yeah. the russian stuff and and then and then that ends with billy getting pulled into the, uh-huh. the mill yeah stuff. the the a, billy billy's like uh i don't know what the terminator or something um he's just <laughs> like a possessed freak uh that's the super strength is unlimited and it's a i just the shots of him with his shirt off walking around like just <laughs> give me terminator um, sure. flashbacks, yeah. but, uh, yeah. uh, and just him being out of body for the most, most part, um, like most Arnold Schwarzenegger performances. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I bet Billy was pissed. You know, it's kind of like, I always think about Jeremy Renner being cast in the Avengers. It's like, yeah, you're gonna be in the Avengers, but you don't know this yet, but your eyes are going to be solid black the entire time. <laughs> and you're going to have absolutely no personality. It's like, sure. yeah, I'll still do it though. Billy, yeah. uh, uh, Billy yeah. was a, D- huge d bag in the best all the best ways but i love oh yeah you know, sure sure no they did a uh the, not just this episode he, his name's billy of course he's a d bag no, right <laughs> <laughs> what can we name the d bag uh, oh yep okay yep perfect perfect no argument there um, <laughs> sid's already taken okay d- billy yep apologies to uh any of our man family or named billy uh you're probably not a d bag um but no like uh, through the course of this season um Really, really good usage of that character and giving him some, uh, some, f- I wouldn't say fun things to do, but he's, he's quite menacing. They play into the actor's, uh, uh, talents and his, uh, I don't know, his persona and stuff. They did a really good job with that. I thought, I thought he, he made for a, he made for a very compelling human villain in the midst of, you know, the big, the big bad with, the Demogorgon and, and then, uh, you know, Russia, the Soviets and stuff. That's, um, the, those, those are the, 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 I guess the, the macro villains, but, uh, but Billy made for a good micro villain. So yeah, yeah. good, st- good stuff. This episode. All the first, uh, something I forgot to mention was the fact that Joyce tells Hopper to open up to 11 and right. write the note because he's having a hard time connecting with her. And she's like, just be honest. All that. Um, chapter two, episode two, is called The Mall Rats. Um, it's a 90s reference, but <laughs> and, okay. It's nostalgia, bro. Um, written and directed by the Duffer Brothers. And this one, Billy's in the Upside Down. Um, 
Hopper and Mike and Eleven is trying to more distancing them, uh, which is all fun. Uh, we got Mr. Driscoll or Mrs. Driscoll, I should say. She uh, has an interesting thing, oh, right? Yeah. The fertilizer whole uh, thing. Yeah. Not not pleasant, I would say. Just <laughs> eating some poop, you know. Pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, Hopper's hitting on Joyce, and Joyce freaks out because her magnets are falling off her fridge. That was a cool thing mm. that gave some. Um, I don't know how to put Scientific that. Was, credibility. Yeah, and and I wasn't sure what was what was happening with that. I I thought at first because the first thing that you, that you see when the magnets fall off is that that drawing of uh, a Bob mm-hmm. uh, of Sean Astin's character. I I thought they were. I don't know if this is purposeful or just me being a dummy, but I thought they were leaning towards a uh oh Bob's coming back from the dead sort of thing, and uh, that would have been an interesting. I think a worse turn, but it, it kept me, I wasn't sure where they were going with the magnet thing until later. And I liked that. I thought it was, it gave a, it gave Joyce something to do. Um, and it, it added to kind of the, the scientific elements of this in a, in a, a fairly, a realistic enough way that I was, that I thought was very good. Very smart. It reminded me of the Christmas lights from season one. Yeah, the magnets sure. and just trying sure. to figure out how this could all be happening and, and all of that. So mm-hmm. very, uh, very cool. Um, so episode two, uh, let's see what else uh, I wrote down for episode two. Um, more stuff, the star court mall. Um, Robin is introduced more. Um, Maya Hawk. What do we think of her? I'd never knew, you know, Ethan Hawk had a daughter, yeah. let alone that she was as talented as this. Uh-huh. And it's charming and uh, all this that uh, you would think she's going to be a really big star. What did you think of Maya Hawk? I thought she was magnificent. And she kind of was the – she's almost like the glue that held some of these storylines together. Because you um, – like Steve has incredible chemistry with Dustin and less chemistry with Nancy. And that's that works because they're supposed to have less chemistry than they uh, are trying to have in the first season, right? But um, I think – Robin and and my Hawk's portrayal of that I just I felt like she had instant chemistry with everybody that she was on screen with and that is such a huge thing when you have these segmented groups of characters and then you kind of bring them all together like that and you the, pretty much as soon as they all got together you you instantly felt like um hey this is going to gel just fine and and a big part of that to me at least was was Robin I thought she was just magnificent and and her character is great too it's a really well written character and uh, uh the development uh for her just i mean that was perfect was, i thought i thought she was one of the uh one of the hallmarks of this season of the of the strengths of the stuff that, that uh, the duffers did really well she was great yeah, I, I think so too we'll get uh back to her uh, a little bit later in the season um so they hear the song in the russian recording that they hear the intercept is they discover that it's from a uh, horse at the mall, like a horse ride <laughs> instead of Russian in Russia. And mm-hmm. so they discover that something's probably going on in Hawkins, believe it or not. <laughs> and that's uh, kind of the big revelation of chapter two mall rats is that in fact, locally um, it could be happening at the mall, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Billy 
is um, abducts abducts his uh, lifeguard, takes her to become one of his p- possessed um, mm. people, and so we've got uh, Nancy, uh, inter- investigative reporter Nancy, Nancy Drew, as they called her. I love that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that. That was funny to me. Uh, I know it's harassment, but I thought it was a funny reference. <laughs> I know I know they used it as harassment, but they right. were. I thought it was a funny reference. Um, and uh, we move on now to chapter three, the case of the missing lifeguard. Um, and this is where Eleven starts using her powers to eavesdrop more. Mm. Um, what did we think of that? And them using her powers for that, but also her wanting to use her powers for that. Um, it doesn't seem, does it seem like they care about Eleven as much as they used to, or <laughs> she the means to an end at this point, right? I thought that that was, that's a good point. Um, it's in some ways, maybe that's, I don't know. In some ways that's maybe a little bit of a betrayal of the character or the character, the the way that, that uh, every, the show feels about the character, but also this is supposed to be a 13 year old or whatever girl. And I think that's probably exactly what a 13 year old girl with the ability to eavesdrop on her boyfriend and friends would do. I, I, I don't know. I just said that, that felt like, it does seem like authentic. the thirteen-year-olds would do that, yeah. Yeah, and and but they don't. Maybe it's it doesn't seem decision. like it has any kind of health ramifications. Sure. Like, sure. I don't yeah. know. You've only Which got twenty, good. and you're built up. And once you do twenty <laughs> sure. times, you're dead. You know, like sure. they don't think they haven't thought about that. But right, right. Maybe they will at the end, towards the end. Sure. No, but I, I, yeah, I, I I had that same thought. I was like, this doesn't seem like a great idea for her to be kind of traveling through the, the, the upside down essentially. I mean, I know that's not exactly what's happening, but it doesn't seem like it's just a super smart idea. But then I was like, but also she's a 13 year old girl. So probably not that concerned with making smart decisions. That's just the way teenagers are. So I thought that was, I thought that was a very authentic way to, uh, to show off her powers as far as, you know, within the show that was pretty good, pretty good stuff. This is also the scene, probably the roughest scene in the entire uh, season, in my opinion, is the Will uh, Dungeons and Dragons, why won't you play with me scene? That was really rough. Rough. Brutal. Poor poor kid. And once your voice drops, like, you don't need to, just from the producer, I'm talking to the Duffer (laughs) Brothers, I know they listen. Once your voice drops, you don't need to, like, put them in a wizard and have them (laughs) act like, I don't know, just like... Can't he? Tough. Couldn't he be saying like, guys, let's play Atari? Like even then, I would have been. I don't know. It's because he's still in. I know why he's into D and D because he was into it, and then he went to the Upside Down, and now he's back, and he wants to still play. And they're they're they've moved on, but he hasn't. I understand all that, but it was just a really rough. I don't know. Maybe he's just not a good actor, and it ruined it for me. But that to me, that was like the only part of the season where I was like, I need to kind of fast forward this, like because I yeah. it was a beating. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, then uh, Maya Hawks Robin, she discovers, uh, she finds out what the, Ru- she translates the Russian um, by going around and seeing clues around the mall and, and solving the riddle. I really liked that. It was I a did good, too. Very good yeah. writing. Um, anytime they do a riddle like that, it always fascinates me. It's like, how are they going to explain this? You know, and it always fascinates, they do that in several movies, you know, mm-hmm. like a three line riddle that you have to solve and, yeah. And uh that's really done well here. Yeah, I thought the spy stuff was really cool and added a fun element to uh 
to the show. I, I was listening to one of the Ringer shows today talking about this and about Stranger Things, and um, I thought it was a really interesting point. I think it was Chris Ryan that said that he almost wished that this uh, that this season wouldn't even have involved like a Demogorgon type monster character thing because all of this other stuff that's happening is so interesting and in some ways very fun and that that might have been plenty enough to to get eight or ten episodes out of without having to uh having to involve the the demigod. I thought that was an interesting point you like could have I, stretched that out and for the whole yeah, season. Yeah, and, I think and, you should, I think you could have. Yeah, sure. you're right. That's good. But I really like the campy sci-fi of that. Oh, the, I did too. I did too. I think it's all great. I just I wonder if um kind of playing off that point that that uh that Chris Ryan made that just that uh you almost it it does at times feel like this is kind of I wouldn't say it's two seasons, but it's it definitely could be two villains worth two seasons of villains worth you know kind of crammed into into one season like that well the spice the the spycraft stuff was awesome and you could have you almost could have made the entire season about that and about these kids growing up and uh 11 and and maybe find a different way to lose her i'm not complaining about the demogorgon being here at all i'm just saying it it was an i don't know it caught me as it, it struck me as an interesting point that there's a lot happening here that um, maybe we could have even saved, done a season without the Upside Down and without the Demogorgon, and would that have then set up season four and beyond in a you know into something even better than it is already set up for? But uh, but anyway, all that to say, I I loved the Spycraft stuff and I thought it was really fun and it seemed lightly plausible within this world, you know. And it was just I don't know, it was cool to see the kids, uh, especially that little group figuring this thing out and and all the stuff that that took them through it was fun i enjoyed that quite a bit as well uh i did you see that was a 80s yoda <laughs> reference i did there um chapter four the sauna test um this was directed by sean levy and written by kate treefy um and this one is we're actually really starting to get into it now mm. um we uh, have Nancy going from some more Mrs. Driscoll stuff. Uh, this is where she's trying to sneak into the hospital more uh, and trying to get by that lady at the front desk. I thought that was funny stuff. Um, Eleven and Max reunite with Will after hearing um, that Will is still sensing something weird. Um, they, it's called a mind flare. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, that's the Demogorgon term. They always have a new... term for uh, the mind flare. Mm -hmm. Um, Now Billy um, is a super strength guy. He's super jacked. He's training to be in Justice League 2, the 80s version. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it's really bad steroids. I mean, now they have some good ones that won't really, like back in the 80s, the steroids were out of control. They didn't know what they were doing. Now, yeah. It's terrible. It is, yeah. yeah. He risked everything. Um, (laughs) But he looks incredible. So, totally worth it. Yeah, they, so I like them trapping him in that pool sauna area. Mm-hmm. Um, something about indoor pools feels 80s, too. I don't know why <laughs> if there's some big scene in a movie that features one of those from the 80s, but I don't. I feel like that's an 80s thing. Not a lot of 
indoor pool action these days. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that was a thing. I, doesn't, is that something nostalgic or is just a, you know, as I say, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. That's, that's it just uh, feels nostalgic. I don't feel like that's a, not a lot of 2019 indoor pool uh, sequences happening, but uh, maybe I'm overthinking that probably. Mm. Um, what did you think of Joyce and a hopper abducting the guy and all of that? And then going and getting what's his name from from Love, the DJ from Love. What's that guy's name? Uh, uh, the character is Mar- Mari Bowman. Uh, yeah. Brett Gelman. Brett, Brett Gelman. Gelman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Always, always like when that guy shows. Yeah, I if like you him overuse too. him, yeah. you will you will regret it quickly. But... He's only been he's been very sparingly and stuff. The Love uh-huh. was the only show I'd seen him in like more than five minutes, you know. But yeah. he's a he's, he can bring something fun. That's the way to do it. I think I think he's somebody that if he's on screen a lot, you're gonna be like, "Hey, let's get rid of this dude." Mm-hmm. But uh, very, <laughs> very well used in this show. It was really well used last season too, but but uh, this this season even more so. Yeah, I, I like I love Hopper and Joyce together. I it's I don't know like they have a a casual dynamic that I enjoy watching on screen, and I think both of those characters. I don't know. There's just something there that clicks. It, it doesn't hurt, obviously, that both of those actors are really, really good actors. And um, I, as much credit as I think the Duffers deserve for finding uh, finding all the kid actors, I don't, I don't know where this show would be if if they had cast somebody different than David Harbor. You know? Yeah, he is. Um, he is a gem. I, I mean, I'm sure they he is, yeah. they, oh, they auditioned gosh. him. We're like, how is this guy not a star? Like, yeah, it's just got to yeah. be a just didn't get the right part at the right time, you know? Sure, sure. And right now he, he did, obviously, those, but sure. And he may be one of those guys that uh, I mean, I've seen him in plenty in other movies as a character. Oh, yeah. He's before, just been grinding, but, man. Yeah. Yeah. But he he may be one of those guys kind of like John Hamm. That's like he's always looked like he was 45 years old since he was 13, <laughs> you know? And yeah. At some point, he actually is that age, and he's like, "Oh, we can you can play this age now. Um, we couldn't have you play that when you were twenty one or whatever." So, uh, I, but he's gosh, he's just he's a magnificent actor, and I think he and Renan Ryder they just they click really well. So I thought that segment was really fun, and having adding Murray to it as the third man, the kind of uh, the third wheel to handle their bickering and stuff was fun, and and so and Ari along for the ride as the as the, mm-hmm. the uh, the the Soviet, uh, that that was fun. It was it was a it was a good sidetrack from from the main. It, I say that it was a um, it was fun and entertaining, and it also felt like it was important to the story. Because I feel like a lot of times when you're when you're doing this kind of thing, when you're telling a larger story than maybe you had set out to initially, because the first season is, is I think, is a simpler, smaller story. By this point, we've expanded. Again, we've, got, we've added characters. We've expanded the storylines. We've got to build and build and build and build. And a lot of times you get into that and you find Star Wars The Last Jedi is a great example of this. That's a movie that we've, we have talked about ad nauseum, but for me, the main problem that I have with that movie is, is Finn and Rose just, here's a thing we need you to do for the rest of the movie, because we don't really have anything for you to do in the movie. And it's just a, it's a sidetrack that doesn't really feel like it's relevant to the movie. And that could have very easily been the case with 
any of these parties, right? Any of these little groups could have gone that direction. It seems to me like Hopper and Joyce could have been the easiest ones to just be like, well, they have this will they or won't they thing. So we'll just kind of let that dominate the story and we won't really make sure that what they're doing is important to the story. And instead, I think they, I, I thought at least, I thought they really nailed that and made that the whole side trip and all the things that they go through feel relevant to what is happening in Hawkins and what is happening with the kids and stuff. Yeah, man, that is, uh, that is right on. We, we finally figure out now that the Russians have <laughs> bought up a bunch of stuff <laughs> and, uh, you know, around Hawkins, underground Hawkins. And this should surprise nobody. Like everyone's, you know, considering what's happened in the previous two seasons, how is anybody like, <gasps> You know, I'm surprised to even have them all in this place because how is anyone able to go about their lives knowing? I guess they don't know, really. <laughs> yeah, it's all they been kind of kept a secret, yeah. you know? Yeah, but no, I'm talking trick. about the kids. Like, right, how sure, are the kids sure. like, what? You know, <laughs> something weird's happening? <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I really I really like um, the, the mall and just going down the elevator and underneath the mall and using that as a facade of something yeah. sinister is, is, is a smart thing, especially since the mall is a dying art form in its own right. Right. Sure. Yeah. Did you read about the, the, uh, setting for that, the location and stuff? I, I did. I looked it up. Isn't that cool? And I looked it up that they, uh, actually did that. They said now that it's been mostly disassembled, but they might reassemble this and open it as like a stranger things, um, yeah. escape room or theme park or something. <laughs> sure. It's a, uh, just in case, for the listener, I'll, I don't know, I'll link this on our Twitter or, or Patreon page or something, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a operating mall in Atlanta or in one of the Atlanta suburbs that is just kind of, I mean, it's, you know, there's stores there, but it's in various disrepair and they, they basically came in and took over a big chunk of it and fully retrofit it to look like a mall in 1985 and pick the right brands and stores that would have been in a mall in Indiana in 1985 and the right logos and all that sort of stuff and fully built it out to where, uh, it was a real working set, not just, uh, you know, a backlot type thing, I, which I, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. I abandoned malls are very interesting to me for some reason. It just was malls were such a huge part of my childhood. And now that is not really a thing that people care about all that much anymore. And um, so they're just kind of everywhere and I'm always interested to see like what happens with them when we've abandoned these huge shopping spaces that don't really serve any other function. And what do you, what do you do with that? Anyway, I, I thought the, the setting was so cool and, and, uh, that I, I enjoyed the, the way that they put that all together. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, man, I really, that was definitely the best part of most memorable part about this whole season was the mall. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think that really concept wise, setting wise really made this season Define this season, really. Um, so, chapter five is called The Flayed. Hopper and Joyce discover that uh, there's a laboratory. They've got to fight, um, get this Dr. Alexi. Um, they're trying to get him to get them a gate key to the Upside Down. Um, so they have to go to Murray to translate all the stuff. Yeah. Um, then... They all discover um, that the uh, Russian base is under the Starcourt Mall. They go there. Nancy and Jonathan um, meet up with everybody and confirm everything that they've all been seeing. And all this time since, A, you know, like we said earlier, they can't communicate because there is no cell phones or anything. Um, They uh, 
talk to Mrs. Driscoll. They lead um, them to where Billy is because she was possessed by sort of the same stuff that Billy was. And um, then we uh, have a big fight um, where they're killing a big boss guy. Um, I guess it's the mind flayer guy uh, thing possessed a form of that, you know? And uh, that's a really fun sequence, like the hospital fight uh, sequence in that. Uh, mm-hmm. In very horror-y, like that. Maybe the most of anything in this season. Like that was that felt like a haunted house movie right there. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it that felt like eighties horror for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Now we move on to episode six. Uh, e pluribus. Unum. I'm not sure what that uh, means or what that's for. I'm just kidding. I know what that uh, that is. <laughs> it's on money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as the mind flare comes net comes in now, she uh, not she. Uh, uh, Nancy and Jonathan are are still in the hospital. Um, Eleven just gets there just in time to uh, mind power the entire thing. Do you feel like mm-hmm. this has become a convenience now too? It's like right when things get crazy, it's like of course Eleven's going to come in and. Yeah, Mine, I do. There's not. She I hasn't do. been really weakened at this point. I mean, sure. they're hinting at that, obviously. Yeah. But. No, I think that. I think you're right. I think that they, they maybe had relied on that a little bit too much. At least that's what I was thinking in this episode. But then where we go from there, um, in the you know, I, I don't know if it's the end of this episode or the next episode, with her, you know, loss of powers and stuff. It 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 makes to me at least it made that whole thing with her losing her powers. This episode makes her losing her powers have a little more weight and stake to it because you, you do realize, you know, one of like season two, one of the best sequences to me, one of the coolest sequences in season two is when towards the end of the season, when Hopper and 11 go into the facility and just wreck shop together, they just go in and kill all the little monsters and, and get her to the the uh, crack or whatever, and it's to to seal up the episode, and it's really awesome. But this episode kind of gives you a it reminds you of how reliant this group is on the powers of a of a thirteen year old girl, and how important she is to fighting what they are trying to fight. And so, in the episode, in the moment, I was like, "All right, that's we kind of gotta." cool it with 11 step in and just save everyone but then when they follow that up with with the next couple episodes when she doesn't have her powers it makes that hit home a little harder because you're just like whoa we did just see five seconds five minutes ago it feels like we just saw her as the only thing standing between uh all these people being alive and all of them being dead you know and that's so i don't know i think it it works from a if you look at it from the whole of of this entire season when it's in the moment you're just like okay we gotta we gotta stop doing this we can't have this happen over and over and over again yeah absolutely totally totally agree and um you all wonder where this is all going to how this is all kind of kind of come together at the end the billy stuff the mind flayer the russians everything Turns out there's people are doing weird stuff and they're trying to get back into the upside down. And really that's kind of the, the point of all this. I really like that aspect. Um, chapter seven is called the bite and it is written and directed by the Duffer brothers. Uh, 11 comes back and she is trying to use her powers more for spying, but is not able to do that nearly as much, which is a good revelation that she uh, comes to realize. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Then uh, we have a hardware store s- sequence, um, which is pretty fun. Um, them going like to the grocery store or whatever it is and mm-hmm. getting all the firecrackers and all that. <laughs> I like that scene. Uh, meanwhile, it's intercut with Steve and Robin um, and Steve admitting that he's starting to fall for Robin. And then she, you know, and Stranger Things is great at giving it the unexpected. And certainly mm-hmm. the way Robin comes out to him is sure. unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. But not to say that that was a bad thing because no, no, super no. effective narratively. And yeah. And Steve is a character who everybody worships him, you know? Um, he's super cool, super funny, all, all the above. And, you know, to ha- get, you know, to not be able to have something, I'm sure is frustrating to him. But, you know, at the same time, I think he realizes and appreciates the friendship that he, he can gain. And yeah. to have someone in his life who he, he sees in that in that way that's he's not trying to get with right or he yeah. can't get with. So I think sure. that'll benefit him in the long term in this series is their relationship. I think they'll be they'll be like really good friends uh, from yeah. now on. Hopefully they'll keep those characters together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they make a great pair as yeah. buddies. Yeah, as know? just and like their chemistry on screen is great. Um, and I thought I think that bathroom sequence was, was yeah the best oh, sequence it was great. in the in the, yeah. in the season. I think that is. It's a great piece of TV, and they'll win the Emmy for because of that, mm. you know, I think. Yeah. No, it was really great. And the, the whole thing with the truth serum and stuff when they were mm-hmm. being tortured was great, too. The lead-up to that, they they were so much fun to watch. And it was fun, too, to, to kind of flip the, flip the script a little bit and make Dustin and Erica be the adults for these two, you know, semi-adults, anyway, who are just can't handle it anymore because they, they've been drugged up and stuff. I thought that, that whole... That was kind of over the course of two episodes, but that whole storyline was awesome, and and the the bathroom sequence was was so well was really cool and really well done. I was I was very very impressed. But you're you're totally right. That's those two make such a great pair. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch them in season four and season five and see what happens or however many more seasons of this we have and see uh, see how they progress. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh that was the penultimate episode. And probably my favorite uh, episode. What do we think of the mayor this whole time and the fair and setting that all up? I thought this was going to end on at the fair and um, all that. I thought this was, I thought, I thought this whole season was going to end on the 4th of July at the 4th of July fair. Basically um, they defeat the mind flare Demogorgon thing and just in time for everybody to go to the fair and they all watch fireworks and, you know, Mike and Eleven kiss under the fireworks and roll credits, right? I honestly mm-hmm. thought that, I mean, seeing the poster for this season especially, I thought that's where we were going sure. with this. Um, they get that over with and uh, the, the actual final episode is Chapter 8, The Battle of Starcourt, in which uh, the... The final battle, the boss battle, whatever you want to call it, is takes place at Starcourt. Um, but I think that uh, that works well for what this season is yes. ultimately going to be yes. remembered for. And totally uh, agree. I just think like the Fourth of July uh, carnival uh, parade—I don't know what you want to call it—celebration—is such a mm-hmm. great cinematic setting too. I would have liked sure. to see um, what they could have done with that too. But this is fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it was the right. You're you're exactly right. I thought coming in, oh, this is definitely going to end. Especially when they start 
foreshadowing with, like, I'm going to throw the biggest celebration this mm-hmm. town's ever seen or whatever. You're like, oh, that's definitely where this is all going to come to a head. And instead, it takes place at Starcourt Mall. At Star, Starcourt Mall. But um, I think that's the right choice because in in a month or two months or six months or whatever, when you look back on this season, you're probably not even going to remember that that whole 4th of July thing happened. All you're going to think about is that mall and the way in which it was utilized throughout the course of the entire season and it just seems like it feels like the right place for that all-out battle to take place i think and you know they integrate the the fireworks into that so it does kind of touch on the fourth of july sort of thing and i thought that was really uh it worked it was it was uh it was entertaining it was fun to watch and it felt uh appropriate for this the scenes and the setting and what they had done up to that point as far as the the timing, the timeline and stuff of uh, what the characters are are dealing with and stuff, it was it was really cool, really well done. Oh yeah, man, can't can't agree with you more. Um, let's talk about the end. Hmm. Um, Hopper and Joyce obviously are their love is starting to flourish. They're finding each other at the right times in their lives, right? Um, Mike and Eleven are starting to reconcile their differences again and realize that they need each other. And um, the season ends on the quote-unquote death of Hopper, disappearance of Hopper. I want to know your thoughts on what you think um, happens at the end. Sure. I, I mean, I would, be, I would be very surprised if, if he wasn't back for season four mm-hmm. in some capacity. I, and I hope, they, I hope they do that really well. <laughs> Um, because I love Hopper. I, Steve has always been my, has been my favorite character for the last two seasons. Uh, but Hopper is, I think is the backbone of what's happening. He's the backbone of what makes this show work so well. 11 is great and the kids are great and Nancy's great and all the, I love, I think they're really, truly some of the best characters on TV that we've seen in the last decade. And it's all awesome. But Hopper, uh, Hopper is like the kind of the emotional core of this whole show. And he goes out in a way that is so befitting of his character. And that voiceover with the letter that he wrote, trying to come up with the speech is perfect. Like I was crying through the course of that. Cause I just thought it was such a, uh, a very, per- such a perfect Hopper way to do that whole speech. And, the voiceover was great and, and seeing Eleven's reaction to it and stuff, that was all awesome. And it it felt um it felt like it was worth his character's sacrifice and the way that he went out. And it's great. Now, I would love for Hopper to still be alive because I love that character, but if you're gonna bring him back, you have to make sure that you do that really freaking well because he just it, he just died in the most perfect way possible. It's 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 Michael Jordan hitting that jumper in '98 to win the championship, retiring, and then coming back to play for the Wizards. If he, if if Hopper, <laughs> you know, metaphorically comes back to play for the Wizards instead of comes back at a at a real championship level, then we're gonna feel a little bit cheated by the death of his character for it to turn out to be faux death, right? And that's right. that's that's a risk that you're running. Now, having said that. There's nothing that has happened through the course of these three seasons that leads me to believe that these guys don't know exactly what they're doing and that they're going to come up with a great way to bring the character back, to utilize him effectively, to make it seem like, like to not cheapen what just happened at the end of this season. 
but it is a, a super big risk and you better make sure you get it right because you will have you will have a lot of people who are like oh it's great i'm just happy to have hopper back but you'll have a lot of people like us that will be like hopper's awesome but you really screwed up what he you know the sacrifice that he made and and the the stakes that were raised to that point if you bring him back and he's just like, well, I made it back, you know, it's just kind of that will that will cheapen that. I don't know. Sorry, that's that's a long winded way to say I fully expect Hopper to be back for season four. Um, and I would have thought that even before we get to that last kind of the post credit sequence or whatever with uh, the Russian, the gulag or whatever, and, and having the the uh, prison guard say, you know, not the American, not that one or whatever. So what do you think? Do you feel like he's, is he coming back? Where, where, where do you put the odds on that? I guess. Um, I, you got to think, you know, honestly, the way they were, they were, the season was going, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, Joyce and Hopper are going to get together and the kids are going to maybe go their separate ways. Maybe one of them moves away. And season four is much more, focused on Hopper and Joyce because they have to know the writers, everybody has to know that like these kids are going to only get less charming. Right. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so to have adult characters that people care about is only going to do their benefit. So I think, you know, they kind of know what they have with Hopper that he's, he really is the, the thing that holds everything together and taking him away is going to really concern their fan base. And so that is only, you know, that curiosity is going to really bring them into the next season. Um, mm-hmm. And, sure. you know, if they hear he comes back, then it's even going to be more, Oh, Hopper's back. What? Uh, you know, some people might, might, might've really thought he died. And the way, certainly the way they did that speech at the end makes it seem that <sighs> way. Um, yeah. And so that'll even be, make it more exciting. But um, I certainly feel like the show is transitioning to a, uh, less of like a show about the three kids and, or, you know, plus 11 and will, and more about, you know, Hopper and Joyce and their kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. Their kids no, are, the, are the kids by default. So, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a good way to, that's a good way to put it. Where, that episode was great, dude. What'd you, what'd you think about the the final episode? I thought that was great. I, I like season two better just because I thought the school dance was super, Sure. It was, it just hit the right note. Exactly the right note you want to end on, on a good note. Right. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I thought the, uh, the final battle was kind of left, uh, kind of lame. I don't know. They kind of overpowered entire Russian base, like four kids with a, like a home alone <laughs> level plan, you know? So that's uh, kind of unbelievable, but man, Hopper just murders so many people in this I show. Know. He's and a, I'm thinking he's down, like, dude, dude this guy awesome. is going crazy. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's okay though. Cause he's a cop. Like that's what makes it all okay. Right. If it's any other yeah. normal dude, just like shooting guys in the head, yeah. it would be weird, but yeah. it's like, no, he's a cop. He's just protecting the greater good of yeah, protecting can, and serving, you know? Y- you know what though? I, I'll say on this, I think this is, Truly, this I, I didn't. It's one of the things that makes that character work so well. Is there's no, uh, I hadn't thought about this, so I don't know how to exactly phrase it. But there's no, mm, there's no joy in what he's doing. It is all straight up. Just I am doing this because I've got to protect my. I've got to protect my kid. I've got to protect this this little town. I've got to figure out how to there's no it's not even like i gotta save myself does that make sense like he's not he's not out murdering people 
like we see in a lot of action movies and I'm not a, whatever, I don't care, but a lot of action movies and TV shows, it's like, well, time to murder and maybe even haha, time to murder. And, and with Hopper, it's more just like, I got to do what I got to do. And if these fools get in my way, then that's, what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I think that that adds some, I don't know. It adds to the depth of that character and makes him seem more maybe it's that he makes him seem more righteous or something but i don't know it never regardless of him being a cop or not it never bothers me whatsoever that it's like if he murders somebody it's probably because they need murdering (laughs) there's just no there's no issues for me with him whatsoever he just seems like somebody who is going to do the the thing that needs to get done at all times no matter what it takes yeah i i agree and uh i'm convinced he's in the upside down i think that's where it is you know yeah, and and the loophole there is, you know, uh, not like the way it's not a plot hole is the way Eleven mysteriously loses her ability to connect to the upside down right when he gets sucked into it, right, right sure. at the end, to where she can't hear Hopper or see Hopper, even if he is in the upside down, right, and right. and he's like, Mike's like, no, it'll come back, or or her friend says that I forgot who who it was, but like it'll, you know, the ability will come back eventually uh, for her to do that, and I think. Season four starts and with, with, uh, maybe 11 is at some party or something, you know, um, at some social event and then boom, her powers come back unexpectedly and she's like, (gasps) and it's this really weird, like, sure. Are you okay? Are you okay? And Mm -hmm. she sees Hopper and it's like this huge, like medical event kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I can. That's just how I picture it in my head, but who knows? Yeah, that's my prediction. What about you? Works. Yeah, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty accurate. Something, something along those lines is. I'd be shy. I'd be much more surprised at this point if we never see Hopper again, right? Like that seems like a almost like a foregone conclusion that he'll be back, and there'll be some kind of connection between he and Eleven uh, through the through the upside down through her powers or whatever. I I don't know. I feel pretty. I feel pretty confident in that as well. Oh. yeah dude that that last episode was great I, you're right like the the battle part of it is a little it was played a little more for fun mm-hmm. it in ways than it was for you know serious action or whatever um i was i was fine with it but i i definitely see that i thought it was great that they offered billy some redemption in his death i thought that was very uh appropriate and touching and there was no way that he could come back from where he had been uh, and, and just be, you know, like welcomed back into the town. Cause he, you know, murdered a, several people and was, mm-hmm. and was a douchebag to begin with. So there's, there's that, but, uh, I, I, I love that. I thought it was a cool having 11 breakthrough and see the kind of the inner good in him and having him come back to reality was, was very good. And I thought the never ending story sequence was, was great. I, I rolled my eyes at it for the first, like. 10 or 15 seconds and then it i don't know it won me over and i thought okay i'm actually on board with this i think it i think it works really well i'm uh i'm i'm so creeped out by the never-ending story almost every (laughs) single way so honestly i just have flashbacks to it when i was like four i don't think i've seen it since i was five because it creeped me out even so bad when i was five like that flying like really dark moose thing or like cow whatever i don't even know is so terrifying. <laughs> it's like, I honestly do have nightmares about it. I'm not kidding that's you. It's crazy. That's funny. Yeah. Oh. It's a really, that's a really dark kids movie. Yeah, it is. Really, and I was, really I dark. vividly remember being shown that in like sub 
preschool being shown that yeah. movie. Like, no, I, I watched that movie. movie time. <laughs> I watched that movie a ton and it didn't scar me. But when I think about it now, you know, with my six year old, I'm like, you know, I'm always trying to think of like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to show him Jurassic Park. Can't mm. wait till he's old enough to where you can watch Jurassic Park. Can't wait. Obviously, Star Wars was very early. Like, man, I can't wait to show him Star Wars and like E.T. I'm very, I was, I'm, I've been very protective of E.T. and being like, I want to make sure that you're not going to be freaked out by it. So, you know, you can't watch it when you're too young because I know too many people who are scared of E.T. and I won't have that in my house, obviously. And then there's like, you get to like never ending story and you're like, maybe 25 yeah. years old, something uh, like that. I don't at all. Like it's, it's not worth it. Not a good movie either. <laughs> yeah, it's, a weird, it's just, it's a weird and one. And it never ends. Like it really did feel as a kid. I was like, this movie is 17 hours long. It felt like that. <laughs> How long is it? I'm looking it up. Hour 47. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. That, oh, I can't even look at the poster because that daggum <laughs> creature, like the thing that flies. Oh, it's so. Oh, it's the nightmares, man. Okay. Uh, let's grade this one out. Stranger Things sure. three. Where would you rank them? I I can't remember where I had the other ones. I think I'm sure I had season one as an A plus, and season two is somewhere between an A and an A minus. I think this is. Uh, I think this is a little bit lesser than season one, but better than season two. So I'm just gonna go straight solid strong a and one of the better things that i've watched this year movie or or tv wise so uh yeah an a for me kento what about you awesome i'm definitely giving it an a i don't know if it's an a plus but it's certainly an a or an a minus um it is it's about as good as we get um apparently i saw the numbers for this it was (laughs) stupid the numbers (laughs) for this thing um i think 30 million people had watched at least one episode in the first week it was it came out like which was over the 4th of July and they said 1 million people watched the entire season in the first 24 hours a million people yeah. binged the entire thing in one in less than a day i mean they either had to take off work or stayed up all night but that's not an easy <laughs> like you have to commit to do that right yeah it um, came out on July 4th, right? Like it dropped cuz I didn't get to watch the it until night this, of, this last week. Yeah, like but. the night before or whatever it is, okay. technically. Right. Yeah, cuz my wife and I our anniversary is on on the 3rd and we were uh we didn't have our kid with us so we were like, well we could watch I was hoping that it was going to drop at at 11 o'clock or something as some of these It's all, it's 2 a.m. uh west yeah. coast. So, uh, so it was 2 a.m. our time, but midnight West Coast. Right. Time was so it was, a, I was, I was bummed on that. We didn't get to to watch that. If we didn't have a child, cause we didn't do anything 4th of July. I don't know how most people are. We, we typically don't do anything 4th of July wise until the evening. If we did not have a child, we would have, I think we would have watched all, all eight episodes that, that more like gotten yeah. up at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever and just binged all of them. Cause you have the day off and everything. But uh, yeah, anyway. It was, it was great. A lot of, a lot of people watch this one pretty culturally people, people relevant. Like this, Doesn't happen apparently. too often with TV anymore. So it's pretty great. Yeah. Do you think this one will win? I mean, this is probably, probably like a hard year in terms of competition, but I think this will, this will win some awards too. I think this was really strong in terms of like so. the, the, you know, the definable check marks of what makes a show good, like the acting, the writing, the photography, mm-hmm. the effects, right? Everything. I think this yeah. is about as good as you get. You know, it, I hope so it's, not as, it's yeah. not as strong as sometimes at others, but I mean, I guess I, 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 uh, I'm all in for stranger things. I think they should end it honestly when the kids graduate from high school or whatever. 
Mm. Um, like yeah. two seasons from now, maybe something like that. I don't know how much. How yeah, I, I can't. I don't think that this has ten seasons in it. I think it has two, maybe max. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I, I think, think you rounded out season at five, five maybe. is probably yeah. where we where we. End. It seems like six is where we tend to kind of get off the rails. Typically, mm-hmm. just from previous uh, prestige television we'll shows. We'll see where we go with it. I mean, it kind of depends on where these kids are then, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. The only Bobby Brown might be the biggest star in Hollywood at that point, and they're like, of course we're going to do season five, right? We've yeah. got you under sure. contract and all that, but Could we'll be. see Could where. Be. But yeah. um, if this, you know, it's only getting more popular, I guess is my point, so. Yeah, no, I agree. People will watch it as long as they're willing to put it out, but I do think mm-hmm. this is a show that you have to get out before it gets old. Because yeah. Because, it, yeah, it could get... You do not want nine seasons of this. You don't. No, does, nobody, no. nobody needs that. Okay. Um, Stranger Things 3 is now streaming on Netflix. We spoiled everything for you if you didn't see it already. We are not sorry because we did warn you <laughs> about that. Um, we're doing a lot of episodes um, this week. Uh, Stuber, Brian is talking Stuber with the guest. Richard and I are talking Midsummer, And uh, we've got Lion King review coming up next week. Um, we've got a Gremlins episode dropping for the VIPs over at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP if you want to check that episode out. Thank you, Brian, for uh, wasting enough time to hop on here and do a little bonus episode. Yeah, talk Stranger man, Things. Always, to do always good to talk Stranger Things. Yeah. To do it next year um, or the year after. By the way, if I was the Duffer Brothers, I would have shot season yeah. three, four, five, like all in one sitting. Yeah. I would have not let these kids age, honestly. I, I would have... Uh, I would be in, in contact with Will's parents and I'd just be like, okay. I would write them off the show, honestly. I'd put them back upside down. I'm like, sorry, dude. Yeah. Yeah. As, <laughs> as soon as he's like 12% less awkward, we shoot immediately and we will, we will not stop shooting until we finish this whole thing because we got to, he was the only one that, that I felt that way kid. about. I felt so All bad for kids. him, man. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even making fun of him. I'm g- genuinely, I'm not making fun of him. It's just the worst age. And these other kids are either not hitting it yet or just aging a little bit more gracefully. And he's not, and it's so rough. And then he, he also has the worst character to play. So I feel so bad for him. Like, yeah, Oh man, life like, ruined potentially, but hey, he'll be it's he'll brutal. be at Comic Cons in thirty years signing. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll, yeah. he'll do well. <laughs> um, okay, uh, thank you, listener, for joining us. If you want more from us, madaboutmoviespodcast.com for all of our episodes. Until next time, we'll see you uh, either on Netflix or at the cinema. Hey Bye. baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yeah, yeah.